On today's episode of the Essential Coaching Skills Podcast, we'll be talking about ringing in the new year with resolutions, resolutions, resolutions. How do you make your life more soulful and better and have a happier, healthier, and deeper new year? You are listening to the Essential Coaching Skills Podcast, a show devoted to uncovering the systems and the secrets that set the best apart where you learn how to take your coaching clients to the next level while you grow the coaching practice of your dreams. So sit back and relax, or sit up and get excited. Either way, you might want to pay attention. This could be important. And it's 2022 as we record this. It is um, just the dawning, just the beginning of a new year. And I, I wish you a happy and healthy one. A friend of mine just sent me a little story that was very interesting. He said um, he goes on these, these camping trips every year. Uh, camping trip is, is not exactly the right way to do it. It's kind of like a personal uh, vision quest kind of sort of, except that it's not a vision quest. He just goes to f- be in solitude, be in the woods, be in the open uh, nature by himself for a week. He turns off his phone and leaves it back home. Um, Maybe he leaves it in his car when he goes somewhere and parks for a week. But at any rate, it's not with him in the wilderness. And he finds these places to be alone. And uh, uh, other than that, I'm not sure what he does there. But it sounds great on some levels. I have done something similar to that, but it's it's certainly not a yearly thing, and it's been a long time. And uh, he said that this particular year, he didn't specify which year it was, it was a couple, three years ago at least, he uh, was not in a good state of mind as he set off on this adventure, this yearly, summerly uh, recharging of his batteries not in a good state of mind and he went off you know kind of forgetting some things and half packed and etc so when he got to where he was going it's things started off okay started off okay he found a good place to park the weather was nice he got a good early start on a nice day he was hiking somewhere in the adirondacks and as he got going he uh, made good progress along the trail and was looking at a map uh, forestry map, I guess, of some kind, to see where he could start leaving the trail and bushwhacking off to find his his place of solitude for a week. And after that, it did not start going well. It started going badly, and and he started, you know, every time he tried to rely on the map, the map didn't work out right. And um, every time he bushwhacked on his own, trying to find a ravine to find water and it didn't work out right, and he didn't find a place with a view, and it was just going badly. And then, then he realized that he didn't have a whistle. Apparently, when you do things like this, when you're out hiking by yourself especially, a whistle is a very critically important survival item. Because if you get lost or stranded or, you know, in other way, in need of people, 
having a whistle that you can blow and attract attention is one of the few things, options that you have available to you to really help people find you. And he'd forgotten his. So now he's beating himself up about how horrible, stupid guy he was, et cetera, in addition to all this. And he's hiking along and uh, suddenly he gets to this area where he thinks that maybe he'll be able to find a good place to camp, find a good place with a view and some open air. And uh, he sees this shiny item in the ground a few yards away. And he says, what's that? And he goes over and looks. And it is this old whistle that somebody had dropped. Now, he's not on a trail. The odds of him finding this, the odds of it being there are extraordinarily slim. And yet he found a whistle, exactly what he needed. And he's like, he said this, this well of laughter just came up from inside him and just burst out. He just laughed like crazy. Um, and he tested it out. It worked. He tested it out and it worked. Um, amazing find. So he ended his letter by saying, um, there will be whistles in 2022 and I, I hope you find them. So one of the things that people often do in coaching and in life is when it comes to this time of year, they set New Year's resolutions. I think you've heard of those. A number of years ago, I wrote a, uh, a blog post when I used to have a, a blog rather than a podcast, and it was entitled something, how do you want to feel in the new year rather than what do you want to do? in the new year. And I just wanted to revisit that with you a little bit today. Because, you know, mostly when people do New Year's, new year's resolutions, it's about doing, it's about accomplishing certain things. I want to lose 25 pounds. I want to, you know, get this podcast going or something, you know, that they have these things they want to accomplish. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes even whether or not you accomplish them it's worth taking the time to give some thought to it. You know, many people don't accomplish their New Year's resolutions and yet they continue to make them. I count myself among them, but I find them useful to, to just think about what are, what's important to me. Where, where am I going? What's my direction? I think it's useful. And another way of approaching it might be instead of just saying, what do I want to do is how do I want to feel? How do I want to respond to the world? Um, over these past couple of weeks when we've been not working, my wife and I, this, this idea of, of managing stress has come up. I, I think I've told you the story about once when I was working in a hospital, I was doing hypnosis, pre-surgical hypnosis for heart patients waiting to go in for heart surgery of one kind or another, transplants sometimes. This doctor came in uh, to work with me. I usually just worked with patients, but you know, this doctor came in. I was available to anybody who wanted to come in. And he wanted to work on stress management. And I said, well, okay, so what's what's all the stress about? And he told me his schedule. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> it was <laughs> like, if you think you're busy, really doctors wow so um 
I said, so, well, that's, I can imagine why you'd be stressed with a schedule like that. And the demands placed on a medical professional such as yourself, you know, you're saving people's lives on a daily basis. Got to be kind of stressful. Um, what do you do to manage that? And he said, nothing. I said, what do you mean? Nothing. You don't meditate. You don't exercise. You don't do yoga. You don't, what, what do you do? He said, no, I, I don't have time. I don't have time to do those things. And I said, okay, so what do you want me to do? <laughs> the things that I have to offer require the doing of them, you know, like let's do some self-hypnosis. Let's do some hypnosis. Let's do some havening, you know, let's do something to reduce the stress. One must do that, you know, if you want to reduce stress. It doesn't just happen by itself take deep breaths, you stimulate the polyvagal nerve, you know, you do these various operations to achieve the outcome that you're desiring. De-stressing is the thing. I hope you know this, but there's two systems in the body, the systematic nervous system, the paras I'm sorry, sympathetic nervous system and the parasympathetic nervous system. They both are separate systems that are intertwined within one another, kind of the opposite of each other. But there's different triggers you can do to trigger each of these two different systems the fight or flight also known as the sympathetic nervous system you're probably aware you can trigger by scaring somebody scaring yourself loud noises heights you know threatening things trigger this the fight or flight response don't they fight flight freeze called the sympathetic nervous system it's opposite this parasympathetic nervous system isn't just reducing the fear it's actually a system unto itself, which when you trigger it, releases chemicals into your, into your bloodstream. It reduces, doesn't just not produce uh, epinephrine and adrenaline and, and cortisol. It, it doesn't just not do that. It actually produces other things like serotonin and GABA and you know different things that cause you to relax. It's called the relaxation response. Deep breaths, do that. Taking deep breaths is a very common thing. A yoga class, anything else, maybe it says, take a deep breath and just let it out and relax for a moment. You know, it's common direction in a hypnosis induction, you know. Everybody take a deep breath, let it go, relax, relax your mind, right? It triggers the parasympathetic nervous system. The relaxation response is a way, that something you can actually do to make relaxation happening. Deep breathing is a huge part of that. So when we talk about how do you want to feel in 2022, do I want to feel stressed or do I want to feel relaxed? Do I want to feel uh, disgusted or do I want to feel amused to paraphrase Elvis Costello? Um, you know what I mean? You know that song? I used to be disgusted, but now I'm just amused. Elvis Costello. Anyway, um, how do you want to feel? I, I want to feel uh, engaged yet detached at the same time. Because I want to be able to be compassionate with my clients, with customers, clients, patients, however you want to describe them, people that come to me for help. I want to be compassionate with them. I don't want to be too empathetic because I don't want to take on their feelings, but I want to be compassionate about how 
much pain that they're in or whatever it is they're going through. I also want to have enough, you know, detachment from that, that I can help them. You know, you don't want to jump in the hole with them. You want to just help them out of the hole. So I want to be uh, compassionate and detached at the same time. And I would like to have that sense, why not, of amusement with life. We create our own feelings. And part of the way we do that is we ask ourselves questions. Again, a topic we've talked about before. What's good about this? What's great about this? What am I happy about today? What can I feel amused about in this situation? And then you also take time to de-stress. You do something, find things, strategies, patterns, activities that help you to de-stress things that are healthy not you know drinking or overeating or whatever but doing some yoga going for a walk being in nature so i think it's a good question i think it's a good question how do you want to feel this coming year and whether it's 2022 which it is currently as i record this or any year going forward if you listen to this in years in the future, that'd be nice to imagine. Um, it's still another question you can ask. And it's just as pertinent today as it was last year or whenever. Now, in addition to this thought, I wanted to share with you some other thoughts I've been gathering in uh, preparation for this, this episode. Um, I read a thing, an article in the New York Times by a woman named Tish Harrison Harrison Warren that I thought would be pertinent for today. And I thought I'd uh, share some of these with you as well. I'm not going to quote her. I'm not going to plagiarize her, but I wanted to, you know, share with you some of these ideas. And if you want to to find them more about them, go to the New York times.com or somewhere to Google Tish Harrison Warren. Uh, She has an article called 10 new year's resolutions that are good for the soul, for the soul, not just things to accomplish in your daily life, but things that are good for the soul. This drew my attention because as I was perhaps alluding to before, um, it's not just about accomplishing things. It's about how you feel. And it's also about in my life, my um, work as a coach, I, I feel quite attuned and associated in alignment with what Carl Jung always talked about in his way of doing psychotherapy, which is that the goal for Carl Jung of this of psychotherapy is uh, individuation, that the client manifests or achieves individuation, which is to say they become themselves, that their self with a capital S becomes uh, who they are. You know, despite what they do, who they are is most important. How they manifest, who they are meant to be in this world from, you know, their arrival here. My wife has referred to it as the difference between nature versus nurture. And that's a great way of talking about it. You know, who are you really? Who are you when you arrive here versus what have you become in order to, you know, accommodate the desires of others you know what do your parents want you to do what do your parents want you to be um you know 
that sort of thing that you you get accommodating to, to others' desires for you. Who are you really, though? People have talked about most recently um, that the advice coming from, gosh, I'm trying to, I'm blanking his name right now, um, Hero with a Thousand Faces, you know, Joseph Campbell, thank you, Joseph Campbell, his advice was to, you know, follow your bliss, follow your bliss. That's wonderful advice, I think. It's gotten these days a little bit of backlash. People saying, yeah, it's terrible advice. And they're right. If you're just talking about it from a, um, you know, financial career choice, it's not always your best, you know, financial career choice is to follow your bliss. You know, if, for instance, if your bliss is playing music, you know, that's who you are. That's what your capital S self wants. That's what your soul feeds on. But people may not really think you play the piano that well. I'm, I'm not speaking personally. I'm just using it as an example that, um, you know, they may not care about your Beethoven sonata or whatever. They want to hear something else. You know, and maybe you don't play those other things. So, you know, not necessarily a great career choice, but it's who you are and it's what stimulates your soul. And I think there's something to be said for that. I think there's something to be said for like being who you are deeply down, who your soul sings out to be. You know, what is that? Who are you? And uh, the more that you can achieve that, I think the better uh, successful you are in life, generally speaking. And you can be successful financially and career-wise at the same time. I like that both at the same time thing, don't you? Sorry, my phone's ringing. I'll try to stop that right now. Um, it is on silent, but you heard it probably beeping there. So this article by... Tish Harrison Warner is Warren. She's asked people um, from a spiritual background uh, the question of what would you think that people could um, think of as New Year's resolutions, resolutions, spelled it R E S O U L with capital letters all around resolutions for 2022. And she sent this question to many. clergy and spiritual leaders and scholars and writers. And here's some of the responses that she got. Someone wrote, um, take time to reflect, take time to reflect. I think, you know, during the pandemic, a lot of people found that it was kind of good to take time. Sometimes I think people thought they had too much time. And that's probably true. There's a balance, I suppose. And finding that you have the time to reflect and to write in a journal and do those various things helps you get in touch with some of the soul responses of who you are and what you want and need and desire in this world. So take time to reflect. Take a journal. Make a journal. Do it daily. Do it weekly. Do it monthly. Do it regularly. But do it. You know, A lot of times the best time for journaling is first thing in the morning, but sometimes late at night is good too, but regularly is good. Another response she said was to plant seeds of humility. 
someone wrote to her and said, you should plant seeds of humility. So in that response, the person who responded to the question by Tish Harrison Warren wrote that you should engage in a conversation with someone with whom you perhaps would not have normally engaged in a conversation. So somebody who is not of the same spiritual background as you, somebody who is not of the same political persuasion as yourself, have a conversation that is desiring to learn, desiring to hear, desiring to understand. And uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey, one of the seven habits of highly effective people is seek first to understand prior to being understood. And I think this is what this person is saying as well. It's humility. It's humility to say, um, what do you think? What is your opinion? Wow, that's really interesting. Tell me more about that. Wow, I get it. Yeah. And to see things, really honestly try to stand in their shoes and see things from their perspective. Another response from somebody who wrote to her question about what would be a good New Year's resolution for 2022 that are good for the soul is to care for the earth in small ways. I think it's a really smart thing to actually put on the list of things to do, things that we all need to do. Uh, Obviously, climate change is a real thing. Obviously, the earth needs some stewardship and some taking care of things. So even if you can say, I'm going to do that better this year, and then do that, we will all be better off for that. If everyone did a little bit, we'd make some huge headway. Here's one that might be kind of interesting to you as well. Um, Engage with the off-screen world first. Start your day doing something not on your phone or a computer. Start your day doing something like going for a walk, going for a run, going for a bike ride, doing something outside, doing a hike, hike into the Adirondacks without your phone for a week, you know, every morning. Now, that doesn't make sense. So, <laughs> you know, do something that is engaging with the off-screen world before you do anything else for the day. Even if it's writing in your journal, you know, meditating inside your bedroom, you know, that's fine too. But it's not on your phone. It's not on your computer. That's a kind of neat thing to think about, I think. Another person wrote back that one of those resolutions you can make for 2022 is to think about the third person. Think about the third person. So for instance, every time we act, there are people responses that every action every action has a reaction is the i think law of physics frankly but it's true if you if you write an angry email if you send a nasty text or something uh facebook or whatever um you're going to feel bad when you do it and then the other person who receives your communication is going to feel bad but if the person is then upset because you've sent this email there's a third person involved as well what what about the the child of that person who's now with an upset mother or father. Um, you know, there's a third person involved. That's kind of interesting. So who will be affected? Who else will be affected? Who is that third person that we might be affecting as well? One other person wrote uh, to make a plan to seek racial justice and healing. That's again, like the uh, doing something to 
save the earth a little bit every every day every week um yeah this is also really kind of interesting isn't it to put this on your calendar to put this in your schedule to put this in your to-do list you know to actually do something proactive to seek racial justice and healing interesting thought Another suggestion of something that you can do to be more connected with your soul in 2022 is to take stock of your life every week. I'm going to read you a little bit of what uh, this woman wrote in her article from the New York Times. Tish Harrison Warren, I'll keep referring to her because I don't want to think in any way I'm plagiarizing this, but I'm, I'm, I'm inspired by her words. Um, she, in this one, this person who wrote, the person who responded, by the way, is Tim Keller, who's a pastor and theologian. So I'm actually quoting him, having been quoted by her. Um, he writes that John Newton, the 18th century Alican cleric and abolitionist, had a Saturday at 6 p.m. exercise to help him get ready for Sunday. I want to do something like it myself. It had three parts. The first part was to make two lists, all the mercies, blessings, and good things to be thankful for that had happened to him that week. And second, a list of sins, of omissions and commissions that he had committed against others and God. Um, now, we don't have to be religious about it, but, you know, what did we do well and what did we not do so well that we could do better? And the reason I'm bringing this one up thing, I'm reading it because it, it, it resonates with me. I used to do this process, haven't done it so much in a while, that I called the um, the uh, self-coaching process. My late partner, Kevin Creedon, created it. As far as I know, that's where I learned it from. I think he created it. But the self-coaching process is basically where you go into different positions, all yourself, but different positions. Um, it's like you start off in first position, what we call an NLP first position. So you're sitting in a chair and or standing if you want to stand. And but you are seeing things from your own eyes. You're in your own self. It's totally associated. And you say, What have I done well this week? What's good about this? And what haven't I done so well that I could do better? What can be what can be made better? And then you get up from that chair, you go stand someplace else in the room, and you are now in second position. You're still you, but you're now pretending that you're still sitting in the chair where you started from. But you're over there across the room now, and you're looking back at that chair, and you're seeing yourself in that chair. And you say, what did he do? What did she do that was really good this week? Or what did they do that was really good? And what could they do that's even going to make it better? How could they make it even better? So you're asking those questions from that second position. And it's funny. If you ever try this, and I recommend that you do, it's weird and kind of funny how different answers you get by putting yourself in second position. Instead of what did, what did I do, but what did he do? What did she do? What did they do? It's different. You get different answers. Then you go to a third position in the room. And in this third position, and by the way, it's still you, still the same room, but you go to this third position in the room, but you, and when you stand in this third spot, you assume you adopt the, uh, the stance, the, the, the physiology, you breathe the way um, a mentor of yours would be breathing. Like, for instance, you might stand in the, the um, your football coach. <laughs> I don't know. You, you 
<clears throat> pick pick a human that you know, um, a mentor of yours, and you know she is standing there, he is standing there, and you stand like them. You it's like you step into their body, mm-hmm. and you are them now for a minute or two, mm-hmm. and you breathe the way they breathe, you stand the way they stand, you you, you have the 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 strut of your jaw the same way that they have theirs you know and you look at yourself it's an empty chair still but you imagine that you see yourself sitting in that chair from the eyes through the eyes of that mentor and by the way this person could be current could be passed on you know could be uh vince lombardi you know i don't know could be jesus christ it could be anybody truly literally anybody but you see yourself through those eyes. And so from that perspective, again, you ask basically the same questions. What did he, she, they do well this week? And what could he, she, they do well do better in the future? How can they make it even better? To have that kind of weekly check-in, to take stock of your life like that every week is powerful. It's powerful. I I do endeavor to do this. I have a Sunday morning, you know, ritual, if you will, that I do. It's it's a planning time. It's it's much as anything else. It's just planning a plan. I print out my schedule for the week. I color in. I have a kind of color coded system for when I'm working with coaches, when I'm doing podcasts, etc., so that I make sure that things get done on time and in a timely way. <coughs> but. That time that I spend doing this is incredibly valuable. And when I do it, it makes life better. What I used to do and haven't done so much lately, I will admit, and perhaps I'll start doing it more now that I'm talking about it, is this self-coaching strategy. So I would do the planning, yes. And then I'd also say, okay, what what have I been doing really well? How can I make it better? Step into second position. What did he do really well. How can he make it better? Step into third position. This other person, this mentor. Step into Tony Robbins. Step into Richard Bandler. Step into Robert Diltz. You know, step into Leslie Cameron Bandler. Step into, you know, Betty Alice Erickson. You know, various people came to visit, and I'd step into their bodies, see see through their eyes, and look over this empty chair where I'm, you know, theoretically sitting. Say, what did he do well? How can he make it even better? It's a powerful exercise. You should must try it on sometime. Another response to this question is to keep the Sabbath. Trilla Newbell, speaker and author of several books, including God's Very Good Idea, wrote Keep the Sabbath. Now, I'm not suggesting that you need to be at all religious. I'm not. But I like this idea of keeping the Sabbath because here, um, I think uh, Tim Allen, no, I'm not sure who it was. Somebody, some author, some person <laughs> wrote a book um, that I read, I'm pretty sure or heard of anyway. But the idea is this, he said that every day every, falls into th- one of three categories. There are three types of days in, in, your, in a person's week. There should be at least, he said, three types of days. One would be a work day, um, metaphorically, Monday through Friday. You know, you, you get up, you go to work, you, you know, you're in this work mode, you come home from work, you have dinner, you take a nap, watch some TV, you go to sleep for the night, you get up the next day, you go to work, you know, so that's the work mode, that kind of day. Second kind of day in a week would be, you know, metaphorically, at least Saturday, where you, uh, you know, still work, 
that you're doing laundry, you're going shopping, you're cutting the lawn, that sort of stuff. And then there's a third type of day, which is the rest day, you know, where you keep the Sabbath, where you rest. This is where I think we fall down a lot in today's society is that we don't take time off. We don't go to the woods for a week. We don't take time off. We don't put our phones down. We need to do that. We need to de-stress. We need to recharge our batteries. And to, to do that is really, really not just nice. It's, it's important. It's important. It helps you to engage and to retouch with your, yourself, your soul, your higher, your capital S self. So I really strongly encourage you to do that at least a little bit. You know, maybe Saturday morning you can, you know, sleep in and then go for a walk in nature. You know, something like that where you can de-stress and recharge a bit. Final two suggestions from this list from this article that I've mentioned several times. I'll stop recording saying her name because you can just back it up, back up the podcast if you don't remember. Um, but the final two from her list is encourage people around you, encourage the people around you, just be encouraging. My resolution is to look for an opportunity every day to give encouragement to someone in my path. Uh, it's written by Dorina Williamson author of Colorful and the Celebration Place. And finally, the last one is to pray for political leaders, especially the ones you don't like, especially the ones you don't like is an interesting point of view. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not much of a prayer. Um, I do, but mostly it's just basically giving thanks when I pray. And it's not necessarily to a deity per se. But um, but there's proof of the power of prayer, and I certainly uh, encourage it. <laughs> if that is resonant for you, I think um, our political leaders need all the help they can get. So, and we need their help as well. So that's my New Year's resolution broadcast for this uh, this year, and I hope that was useful for you on some levels. And um, hopefully that you're going to find that this year is got some really good whistles that you'll find as you go along on your path and have a very healthy and happy and soul filled 2022 or whatever year it is that you're listening to this. Thanks a lot. Well, that's our show for today. Thank you so much for joining me. If you want any more information about today's show, please visit our website at www.essentialcoachingskills.com. Be sure to tune in again next week for our next episode and discover even more about the systems and the secrets that set the best apart.